Design it, craft it, smith it, stitch it, tool it, and pick it. We do it all. This is Bespoke Lahoma. Musical intro by Allie Harder Music and Pigs Fly Shop of Oklahoma City. So welcome to our inaugural podcast of Bespoke Lahoma. This is going out to all of our bespokies that have been waiting on this. We've been threatening to podcast for a while. <laughs> so this podcast is actually uh, sponsored by and based out of Traditions Leathercraft at 7500 West Reno. Uh, we've got some Father's Day specials, uh, $5 off belts, and $5 off Traditions Leathercraft hats and shirts. The best part about those hats and shirts is 10% off your entire purchase anytime you wear that shirt back into the shop. So we want to thank Casey and Allie both for helping us to get this podcast off the ground and for supporting us, letting us use their space, their music, their time. Um, my name is Melissa Golden. And I am Dustin Clark. And we're going to jump in here. So what we want to do on this first podcast is we wanted to introduce ourselves. So uh, we're nobody, obviously. <laughs> you don't know who we are. We're nobody. Speak for yourself. <laughs> People know me. Clark Leather Creations <laughs> over here. It's a big name in the state of Oklahoma. But uh, but no, we wanted to introduce ourselves. We want to let you guys know kind of why we're doing this podcast, what our inspiration is, who we are, uh, I guess kind of validate why we are able to ask other people questions and, right. and have a podcast here. So I'll start with myself. Uh, like I said, my name is Melissa Golden. I am from the Tulsa area originally. Sorry. Yeah, I, I like Tulsa. <laughs> I loved to, living on Tulsa time, man. I tell you what, I've lived a lot of other places, and Tulsa ain't too bad. And, uh, and I'm from the middle of nowhere outside Tulsa anyway. But see, nobody knows where I'm from. If I tell you, you wouldn't know anyway. So I just say <laughs> Tulsa. Um, but I've, I've done leather craft, I think, for about 10 years now. I got started mm, high school, beginning of college. That tells you how old I am right there. Um, but uh, I got started because, like a lot of people, I wanted leather goods, but I couldn't afford leather goods. You know, $200 for a wallet. There was no way that I was affording that, but I could afford leather. Mm -hmm. And you can always find leather at, at a farm auction or, you know, somewhere like that. And and crafting in general is in my family. I mm -hmm. mean, my, my great-grandmother, she worked for Singer back in the day. So she... Wow. Yeah, so she worked for Singer Sewing Machine Company um, back, I'm going to say probably the 50s, and sold and, and taught people how to sew. Hmm. And so she was she was that grandma that always did quilts for everybody <laughs> and, and all of that stuff. And so that's kind of, you know, her, her side of the family did a whole bunch of crafting. And then the other side of my family did a lot of um, shooting sports, uh, grandpa did a ton of reloading, a lot of subsistence living up in the mountains of Colorado. That's awesome. It was super cool. And so that's, so my, my leather endeavor is possible's leather. And so that's kind of where that comes from is lots of mother muzzle loading, lots of, uh, you know, mountain man type <laughs> stuff. I actually have this crusty old zebra tail. That it's nasty, and I'm not going to ever do anything with it. <laughs> Just this crusty old zebra tail that somebody got 
somewhere along the way. Um, and and I held on to it thinking I would use it for something. But, you know, leather, it just kind of gets old and crusty and nasty over the years. So I'm not ever going to use it for anything, but it's fun. Um, but, you know, we had, like, uh, some people may know what these, a lot of people, I bet, know what they are, trade beads, like Native American trade beads. I think so. So the, you don't see them around much anymore. And if you do, they cost a small fortune. Mm. So I remember, like, playing with the trade beads and and – my grandpa and my folks both did some loom beading back in the day, back when the uh, the beaded earrings with, like, the porcupine quills were in, um, that kind of stuff. And so the whole family has kind of always crafted, and, uh, and I got started with it early. I remember when I was probably 11 or 12, um, Dad helped me start up a jewelry business over the summer, so that was back when uh, cell phone charms. Did you ever have? I didn't have one. Well, no, I, I, I bet you didn't. But <laughs> but everybody had, and they don't even make that little slot in phones anymore. Like it was for the auxiliary cord or I, with the auxiliary port, and it was like a little yeah. charms that hung off of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I I made it spend a summer making uh, cell phone charms and like jewelry and stuff. And I I think I will never forget. I made one hundred and fifty seven dollars profit that summer. I was so proud of myself. At, you know, like I said, like 11, 12 years old, uh, profiting off of cell phone charms. And actually, my mom's in the process of uh, of making me take all of my crap out of her house right now. <laughs> and I found a box of those old cell phone charms. I'd made some out of like fish and lures, like all kinds of funny stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so I've always done crafting. And I've always said that if there's a YouTube video on it, I can probably figure out how to do it. Um, kind of done all sorts of different crafts over the years. Uh, but leather work, I really, really enjoy. And there's just so much you can do with it, too, you know. Um, and that's that's a neat thing. And that's hopefully what we'll get to cover throughout the scope of Bespoke, Oklahoma, is we really want to highlight um, – all of the different leather crafters. Because even mm. just in our circle, we've got leather makers, or saddle makers, we've got sheath makers. Uh, Casey, the mm. owner of Traditions, does a lot of archery stuff. I think we have a couple of boot makers in the group we as well. We do. Good old Chuck Berry does boots, I know. Mm. Uh, a couple other people do boots. Uh, we've got biker people that do, do biker leather goods. Um, I'm sure everybody... Anybody who does custom gets a gets a request for some alternative type leather goods too. So you know, there's, <laughs> the neat thing is, is that there's just there's a million different things in it. And so that's that's something hopefully we'll be able to highlight. Now, I don't think I ever see myself venturing into saddle making necessarily. Yeah, I I want to make one, and that's just it. to say you did just one. Yeah, well, and I tell you what, I'm I'm working on a <clears throat> scabbard, a rifle scabbard right now. And it's my first, like, really big project. That's a big, big project. I don't want to do big <laughs> projects anymore. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I've learned a lot on it. I basically taught myself how to tool while mm. I've done this scabbard. And I designed the scabbard, the pattern for it. Mm. And I had never done that before either. So I've learned a lot off of it. But just just the size of the project tells me I probably won't be a saddle maker <laughs> anytime in the near future. Um, but... But I, like I said, I've, I've done a little bit of everything because I used to have a motorcycle. So one of my first projects was uh, a saddlebag. Mm. 
for that motorcycle. Um, I've done a couple other motorcycle things. Um, I did, when my girlfriend had a baby, I made like a little baby outfit out of cowhide. So I've done like all kinds of good, but that's what happens when you, when you just are doing leather work for gifts for people and different stuff like that. But I have started my own family now. I just had a kid. Uh, he's six week old yesterday. Um, and so, so a lot of why I'm doing what I'm doing now is, uh, you know, I, I got a master's degree in agriculture and I love agriculture. I love Mm. the realm. Uh, I even dipped my toes in the the cannabis market in the state of Oklahoma, just cause plants are plants. And if you can make one grow, you can pretty much make all of them grow. Um, but I found out pretty recently that I don't want to work for anybody else anymore. <laughs> um, you know, I, I had my run. I, I worked for Monsanto actually for a number of years. Most people either don't know what Monsanto is or they ask me how it is working for Satan. So Monsanto <laughs> Monsanto is uh, Roundup. They're the producers of Roundup oh. and more infamously Agent Orange. Oh. Um, and so, so like I said, you either don't know who it is or... Uh, people used to ask me, so how is it uh, making money for the devil? I said, well, the devil pays pretty well. So, <laughs> but but like I said, I did the corporate thing, and and I found out that I just I I'm not corporate material. You know, I I ended up at a desk. I, I was working in the field, and I like field work because I like people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up at a desk and decided that I was probably done. Of course, ironically, now I sit at a leather desk all day. Yeah. Um, but it's my leather desk. Yeah, it's a lot more fun. And it's a lot more fun. And and just, you know, the difference between the desk job and the corporate job and, and being able to do your own leather work. And, and I've always said this about like manual labor and working with your hands mm. is that you have a tangible result. You have a product. Whereas when I was working the desk job, no matter how many emails you reply to, no matter how many cases you close, no matter how many phone calls you take, there's more when you get there the next morning. There, like, <laughs> never ends, yeah. ever. And so, you know, that's, like, when I finish this scabbard, oh, my God, it's going to be so sweet. Like, I'm going to be so pumped. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be able to take pictures, and I'm going to be able to, I mean, first of all, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, it's done. <laughs> but I'm going to be able to sit back, and I'm going to have that, that sense of accomplishment, mm-hmm. that tangible product, oh, that hopefully satisfied customer. Right. Um, who now has a beautiful piece of leather work that they can be proud of, uh, that they want to hopefully show off, and that I can be proud of that I want to show off. And so, you know, that that really is a lot. And, and like you said, working for yourself, because you work for yourself. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said for, especially when you've got a family, mm-hmm. making your own hours, um, being able to do your own thing, uh, not having to beg for for time off if oh, you yeah. need a if you need a lake day, you know, <laughs> um, and so so that's really what I'm looking forward to as I kind of get serious about my endeavor into leather work because I've threatened to start my own leather deal for years and in fact my best girlfriend she always tells me Melissa I swear if you don't start your own leather <laughs> business one of these days I'm gonna smack you and uh, and so. So, you know, that's kind of kind of where I'm going with it is hopefully, you know, it's something that I can teach my kids. Of course, you know, today I had the baby Bjorn and I had the baby strapped to my chest while I'm trying to, like, 
fix some suspenders that I needed <laughs> to shorten a little bit. And he's just kind of staring at me like, what are we doing? But, you know, I, I hope that this is something because it was passed down to me from right. my family. Mm. So I hope that, that this joy and this passion of doing things with your hands and and handcrafting and and, you know, the pride that you have in a job well done and in a quality product. Because mm. I think that that's something that we'll find super consistent across all of the leather workers that we talk to on this podcast and, and all of the craftspeople. Because this is bespoke Oklahoma. It's not just going right. to be leather people. Mm. I mean, we may start with that because we've got easy pickings. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. dragging all of our leather buddies <laughs> and make them talk to us. And knife makers. And knife makers. We're going to get JC on here one of these days. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so you know, leather leather workers are easy pickings at this point, but but that's something that'll be consistent against all the craftspeople, and that's why we're called artisans. I think is that, um, you know, we really do take pride in what we're putting out there, and and I know that none of us would want to put out a bad product, and I'm sure most of us probably have uh, guarantees and. And uh, we'd fix it if it ever went bad. And yeah, so guarantees like if this I haven't this is the first time I've used this new rivet. Yes. Rivet. <laughs> so if it breaks, just send it Let back. Let me know. Let me know, and I'll put I'll find the old one somewhere. Yeah. See, and I'm fortunate right now because most <laughs> of my most of my projects because I just got my deal going. Most of my mm. projects I'm doing for family. So, like, they can't, they can't be too mad, you know? Yeah. No, like, really nasty Google reviews when you mess up something for family. Yeah, if you mess it up for them, just be like, it's it's my first one that you bought from me, uh-huh. so just hang it up on the mantle and order another one. Absolutely. Christmas gifts for everybody, you know? <laughs> um, so, so you know, like I said, I, I'm really excited about getting into this. And, and podcasting, you might ask how we have the uh, skill of podcasting in our repertoire. So, this is something that... Prior to deciding to do, I thought I might get monetized and <laughs> and uh, be a professional podcaster at some point. Um, but I decided to do it at the beginning of uh, of twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't think that I have popular enough opinions <laughs> on political things to ever be monetized on that particular podcast. Um, but it did teach me podcasting, and, and yeah. that's. You know, here we are. So we get to use uh, we get to use the equipment. We get to use the knowledge, and uh, and have fun chatting with our friends. Yeah. And hopefully learning some stuff. You know, that's another thing that uh, that I would love to do on this podcast is kind of glean some knowledge because mm. hopefully, uh, and I'm not going to like foreshadow anybody that we have on the show coming soon, but <laughs> hopefully we can get some some of the you know the old school leather crafters on here mm-hmm. that have just a wealth of knowledge. Right. Cause that's something that I think you and I have both benefited from, um, you know, kind of brushing elbows with the Oklahoma Chisholm trail mm-hmm. leather guild folks is got a lot of that old wisdom, oh, yeah. you know, and, and really a lot of, a lot of years of skill, uh, in leather crafting. So hopefully we'll be able to bring some of that knowledge, into the podcast maybe we'll get tech savvy enough one of these days to like live stream video while we <laughs> podcast and then we can do a demonstration at the same time easy joe Rogan. am i getting ahead of us here <laughs> yeah <laughs> not we, not everybody has a production team okay <laughs> um but yeah so i mean that's that's kind of an intro to to me and and what i'm doing and and hopefully 
if uh, if the baby stays wrangled, we won't hear him in the background. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe one of these days we'll have the kids on the, you know, make it a family deal. Yeah. And uh, bring everybody. And that's the goal of, of being our own bosses is mm-hmm. making a family affair of it. And that's, you know, traditions, leather craft. Casey lets me have the kid up here all the time. <laughs> and and uh, and it is, everybody is very family oriented around here. Yeah, too. he loves it when I bring my girls up here. Yeah. And I try to keep him from running around, but he's like, just let him run. It's yeah. fine. Well, now he's got the warehouse for them to run around mm-hmm. in. Of course, he's got a parcel of kids himself. So, oh, yeah, he's got 10. Yeah. yeah. I think they said they're finally done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're just showing off. But, uh, but yeah, so that's just kind of uh, how I got into leather work and uh, kind of what I'm hoping to get off the podcast. Dustin, tell us how you got into leather work. So I started when I was real little. I don't remember how old I was. But um, my uncle, he did it for a little while, and he was pretty good at it. And he got he bought me a couple of Tandy kits and um, – did he do it professionally? No. 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 He just, like, family and friends. That's how I always did it. And he was pretty good at it. And then he stopped doing it. And uh, me and my mom and stepdad and sister ended up moving to Arizona. And we moved back after a year. Somewhere in that, all my stuff got went missing. Oh, no. So I grew out of it. Because even back then, tools were expensive. It's expensive. Right. Like I said, I got into a lot of it mm. from farm auctions and stuff. <laughs> like, I found a toolbox full of stuff at a farm auction for 10 bucks. I, I haven't gotten that lucky yet. I no. see I see all those posts where people are like, oh, yeah, I went to a state sale, and I got this $1,000 worth of tools and stuff for 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. But it only happens <laughs> when you're not looking for it. Yeah. Well, fast forward to 2010, and I was riding bulls. And I got tired of them hitting me so much, so I decided to start hitting them back. Well, <laughs> what had actually happened was my oldest daughter was born April 20th, 2010. And I had been riding bulls, and, mm-hmm. but she was two months premature. So we lived in the hospital for two months. Oh, yeah. And uh, a few months before she was born, I'd gotten hung up on a bull, and my shaps got ripped. And... You can only watch so much TV at a hospital. Yeah. And I decided I was going to bring my shaps up to the hospital and use fishing string. And I'm not, I think I used a needle. I can't remember exactly <laughs> what I used, but I ended up hand sewing like all down the length of the shaps. Oh, gosh. And I was like, I kind of like this. And then um, slowly started buying stuff. And. Once you start buying stuff, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, it wasn't that long until I was like, I want to do this full time. And the whole time I've been working at lumber yards. Um, I worked for dirt, or dirt construction jobs. So you're working all day long, almost sun up to sundown. Hard hours. So I was getting a little bit of work at a time. And then finally, June 9th of 2019 uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny i was at work i was at a lumber yard and one of the guys made me mad and i i forgot what i was doing but my wife had texted me asked how asked how i was doing and i told her i was like it's just a crappy day you mm-hmm. know and told her roughly what happened and she was like hold on a second well i i went ahead and kept pulling the order i was working on and I get a call, and she goes, quit. 
are you talking about? Now, that is not something I think many people can say. That My wife yeah. told me to quit my yeah. job. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? She was like, quit and you're going to do leather work full time. She was like, I, I told her, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can make it happen. She was like, we've got enough paid off. Um, it will be a little rough for a couple of months, but just work like you can't, you can't afford to lose. And now here we are. I've, uh, I'm selling, I've got stuff in Casey's um, finished product store. I've got an Etsy shop. I've got um, a store downtown called 10 Lizzie's. I sell my stuff out of there. I do festivals and stuff and it's great. And, um, you do have to kind of have a supportive spouse right. in leather work a lot of times, right. though. I think that's a pretty common theme amongst people, too. Is uh, It's also helped out a lot because uh, in 2017 or 2018, uh, my grandpa actually got really sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, he after that, from then until this past Sunday... He wasn't able to be left alone at home. So my mom had to stay with him. And my mom and stepdad were already living there in yeah. a fifth wheel, but they moved into the house because he was constantly falling and everything. And so me being able to do my leather work full time and being my own boss, I was able to give her a break and watch him all day long a couple of days a week. So that that was another perk of being my own boss. Yeah. So And then... Um, I think that's my main story, really. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's a lot. You know, like I said, I, I'm starting my own family, and uh, that's kind of what I hope to be able to do, too, is mm. is do both. You know, uh, I found the hashtag on Instagram today, hashtag mompreneur. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I just said that right, but it's, it's, it makes more sense when you read it. But mm. uh, but really, you know, of course, I've I've looked into a number of MLMs over the years, multi-level marketings, mm. you know. Um, but even that stuff, there's... Now, granted, the buy-in that I have in my leather stuff right now, <laughs> I probably could have joined 20 MLMs by now, <laughs> honestly, honestly. But, again, this is something that I've built over years and years and years. Now, granted, the stimulus checks of last year helped oh, yeah. with acquiring some leather goods. Oh, yeah. Um, and tools and <laughs> machines and, you know, <laughs> it happens. Um, but the nice thing is, is that, and, and what I think a lot of people realize is they get into leather work. My dad is kind of getting, uh, back into leather work mm. right now. Uh, he's also doing coin rings, which are really slick. Oh yeah. My, uh, stepdad made some for a little while. Those yeah. are pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got all kinds of neat stuff cause, uh, my mom works in a banking industry. And so she has access to tons of like old silver coinage. Mm. Um, and so, cause you, apparently it's best if you use like the pre sixties coins that are actually primarily silver. Today's coins are like crap metals. <laughs> um, cause the dollars has been, horribly devalued um but back in the day they were crafted out of silver so it's actually like a a precious malleable metal that you Mm. can actually do stuff with and so he's done a lot of coin rings but he's also kind of getting into the leather stuff too and uh and 
getting back into it and one getting the leather which the leather i think as a whole is probably the most inexpensive part of the whole shindig especially at traditions leather craft especially at <laughs> traditions leather craft when you got when you got just a, a superstar of a guy like kc and 10 percent off your entire purchase when you wear your hat or mm. your shirt in which i have a shirt too i forgot it today but i guess i'll just have to wait and buy something later well if it wasn't for casey um i probably wouldn't have gotten into messing with oil tan leathers because all other places are super expensive for yeah. oil tans and for the longest time i wanted to try something with oil tan because that um the real popular color is like uh oh, bucking horse no buck horse um Crazy horse leather. Yeah, yeah. That color, like, mm-hmm. I loved it. And but it's too expensive to play yeah. around with. Yeah, you can't play with it. No, all. you got to know what you're doing <laughs> to get cutting into that stuff. Yeah, and then um, I guess I think it was Tony Mullins had it was either Tony or Casey who shared that Traditions was opening last year, and I got there as soon as I could just to check it out because. The other places, yeah, I, I, I'm, I won't say anything. But uh, anybody in the leather realm <laughs> knows the other place. Yeah, the other place, um, Barbara's place, mm-hmm. um, and got in there, and I was like, man, this is really good stuff. I, I love it. And the first time he told me the price, I was like, what? Like, do I need to cut it in half? Yeah. <laughs> or, he was like, no, that's the price. I was like, oh, wow, okay. And now I've got like six or eight rolls that I haven't touched. Yeah. Yeah, but see, see, Casey's got a system, though, and, uh, you know, he, he gets you, gives you the first couple of cheap, he gets you good and hooked. <laughs> but then he then he gives you a good price on all the rest of them, right. too, so now we all just have an obscene amount of leather that we mm. need to turn into something eventually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's he's he does a lot of cool stuff, too. He sources a lot of tools mm-hmm. from estate sales and stuff like that right. and and gets you know brings that on and and really what i enjoy and what i appreciate is that for me as somebody who yeah my family did leather um but i didn't really have like a community mm. of leather workers um when i moved here to okc and showed up at the shop and there's a bunch of leather workers just sitting around shooting the shit mm. and they're willing to give you tips and like help you learn stuff that you would otherwise have to learn the hard way and destroy really expensive leather. Um, You know, it's, it's been really nice to have, and Casey himself will, um, you know, answer any question. He'll drop whatever he's doing to help you. And help with anything you could possibly need. But it's been really nice for me to be able to have all of these other people to kind of draw some, Mm. some experience off of. Tony's been a ton of help. Oh yeah. She's a lot of help. Too. She's a lot of help, and that's that's what I really enjoy about the leather community, and even just the the greater crafting community mm. in general. Because, like I said, I'm from Tulsa, and as much crap as Tulsa gets, Tulsa is a cool town. Okay, <laughs> so so when I used to live up there, um, you know, of course, I went to the Canes a lot, mm. and, and there's a huge music scene that kind of diverges off of the Canes Ballroom mm. and that downtown area. Um, but you know, there's also a lot of other stuff. Tulsa is very eccentric as a whole. Mm-hmm. So we actually went, uh, to the punk rock flea market one time in Tulsa 
there's all kinds of cool stuff like that all the time. So the punk rock flea market was like old school 90s punk (laughs) with like people with like the two foot tall purple mohawk and like the gauges and Mm. the studs and like the misfits black denim jacket (laughs) and everything. Um, But it was just a bunch of like crafts people and there's a couple leather booths there mm. of you know because punk even has a lot of like leather cuffs right. leather wallets the big leather boots you know all the stuff with studs on it um so you know there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on up there i i haven't been in okc long mm. so i don't know as much of the the culture type stuff like that uh that, that goes on here but i know affair of the heart um I went to that this when was that? That was over the weekend. This weekend? Yeah. yeah I know there was one in the fall. There there was one when we had the blizzard. Oh, that's right. And then there was one this past weekend because uh the store sell at uh-huh. they asked me to help them move stuff up there. Oh. So that's what I did last Thursday. Oh, is it? Yeah. So we've got stuff like Affair of the Heart mm-hmm. that really is a good opportunity for craftspeople to get out and I always kind of not like steal ideas, but like get ideas for other stuff um, when you we go out and see. Because mm. there's a big, everybody thinks that you can steal ideas real easy, <laughs> but it takes skill. Oh, yeah. Um, and being able, that's one thing this scabbard has taught me is that pattern making mm. is not as easy as I thought it would be. It, it a lot, There's a lot of skills that go into it. There's a big learning curve. Yeah, there's... Uh, like speaking of it, it's, it's hard to duplicate something. Oh, it's super like, hard. I, I've been seeing this... Um, like in some floral patterns, there is a uh, like a little. A sh- it looks like it's uh, a Vayner tool going up the. You know what a Vayner tool is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it looks like a Vayner tool going up the the scroll work, and I've tried it like ten times, and I can't figure out. Can't reproduce it. Why I can't? Before you got here, Casey and I were in there, uh, in the classroom watching Jim Linnell. Yeah. On YouTube. And he starts doing it, and he's using the um, the back, not the backgrounder, um, the one that looks like a shell. Oh, uh, a border tool. Yeah, he's using that, and it looks exactly the same. I'm like, all this time, and I've got like five of those. You're using the wrong tool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're always learning. Always, and that's the fun <laughs> thing about it is, and even the old timers to tell you, like, the, even they are always learning something new Mm. and there's there's always more to be picked up and especially as new tools come out you know there's as much and that'd be something cool too to get like some tool makers um on the show not just knife makers um even though we do have a guy and that's jc that's been making the head knives here recently um but that'd be kind of cool to get maybe some tool makers on the show too yeah i've uh, been looking at I don't know of any toolmakers here in Oklahoma. I've been looking, but I have uh, found some silver smiths. Yeah. That I think it'd be pretty cool to bring on. Yeah, so so hopefully we can branch out. I would love to learn some silver smithing. Imagine mm. if you could do like your own your own uh, like conchos and, oh, yeah. and buckles and stuff for your leather work. Dad has started with his coins. Mm. So to make the coin ring you have to punch the center of it out, mm. and then you roll it basically into a coin. So he took, um, you know, the buffalo head nickels. Mm. He got some of those, punched the middle of them out, concaved it, and then soldered it to the top of a Chicago screw. 
So he can now make custom Chicago screws. So, I mean, there's just, there's so much cool stuff. And really, that is, I think, Dustin and I both are probably going to geek out on this podcast <laughs> because there's just so much cool stuff yeah. that people do. And and like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I have been all over the country. I have lived in a whole bunch of different states. And I really, I really do love Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a lot of why when you kind of came to me and, and threw around the idea of a podcast that I was super excited to do it because Oklahoma is so cool. Uh, Tony was telling me about... She knows somebody that knows somebody that uh, captures monarch butterflies and then did something with the chrysalis Hmm. after they molt and go on to do their... Well, I guess they don't capture the butterflies. They would capture the worms. But anyway, (laughs) there's there's another craft that who who knew? Um, and, And, you know, Casey's wife, she makes... Mm-hmm. Goat milk. They have goats, and they milk their own goats and make soaps and lotions and all kind of stuff. She was on the news the other day. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch it, but I saw the Facebook it, post. It was a good piece. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there's there's all kinds of neat stuff uh, that people in the state of Oklahoma do. And, like I said, we're going to start with the easy pickings of our friends that make leather and mm. and. <laughs> I was going to do a Hank Hill leather and, <laughs> and leather accessories, um, which we really, there's, a, we'll do another shameless pitch for Casey just because he's so good to us. So actually within, he's got this massive warehouse now uh, here off of Reno behind the, the outlet malls in, uh, in OKC or right next to the outlet mall, I guess. Um, but he's good enough to all of us other starving leather workers. Well, I won't speak for Dustin, but I'm starving. Um, <laughs> but uh, should have eaten before you got here. I know I should have. Whataburger's <laughs> around the corner. But uh, he's got a, a space where he allows us to consign our finished leather good products. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, purses, hats. Um, Tony and I both have done some furniture. Uh, I got that cedar chest in there just. Because you can't ship a cedar chest, so <laughs> it doesn't go that well on Etsy. Um, but uh, but yeah, so there's a little bit of everything here, mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm excited to see what else kind of evolves. Because he just opened up last weekend. Last weekend, technically, he's been open for like a couple weeks. Yeah, a couple. Weeks. But officially, the yeah. grand opening was last weekend. So as as this space kind of evolves, we'll see mm-hmm. see what else we get in here, but. In the meantime, he's got 200 cow rugs and already more hardware than I even know what to do with. So yeah, um, every every time I come up here, I look at all those rugs, and I've already bought one. Oh, like, see, I haven't yet. I have been good. I have not purchased one yet. He had this, like, the best-looking brindle that I've seen in forever. Yeah. And I snatched it before Tony could get it. <laughs> you so. got to get it for you. There was one that I thought about, and he, of course, had it displayed right up on top of everything, so it's probably gone by now. But it uh, it was white, mm. and it had gray spots, but also brindle spots, mm. and I kind of wish. But I've got already so much leather that <laughs> I need to do something with, and I've got this scabbard to work on. So, um, so are you working on anything right now? What are you, what are uh, you doing? I am making the, my third Martingale dog collar for blood tracking dogs. Oh. Uh, I made one for a big bull, I think he's a bull mastiff, 
he's a blood tracker. And then the same guy, they just got a Great Dane pup. And I made, he wanted one to match the other dogs. Yeah. Well, once I finished it, I had, uh, I think, I forgot it. For some reason, they ended up wanting pink. So she's getting a second collar that I'm I'm almost finished with. That's pink, and it's um, it's a martingale where it, it tightens in the front. But since they're dog, they're blood tracking dogs, it has to have a pouch for the GPS. Oh, okay. And I'm working on that, and then I've got a rattlesnake inlaid belt and a rifle sling to do. Where'd you get the rattlesnake? Do you order it or? It's actually. One of my customers, he... Uh, oh, he gave you the rattlesnake yeah, to make something out of? He works... I, I don't know what he does, but he works down in Texas. I think he might be on oil rigs or something something like that. Nice. So he sees them every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he had messaged me last year and had one made because he had killed one, brought it home, skinned it. And he did all the work to it. I see. I was going to do that I because I want a snake skin mm-hmm. something. And I used to see snakes all the time. And since I figured out how to tan your own snake skin, I swear I have not seen a snake since. <laughs> Takes me off. But Well, about a, about a month ago, that same customer messaged me, and he was like, I've got three of them ready right now. I need another belt, a rifle sling. And he was like, and I'll give you a, a, a skin to do whatever you want. To. Oh, sweet. So I got one for myself, and then I've got a, I'm halfway through the belt. I need to start the rifle sling. And I also have chilling in my uh, fridge right now is a full rattlesnake. Really? Yeah, because one of my friends from up at up in Tulsa yeah. area uh, called me and was like, "Hey, I got this rattlesnake in the freezer. A buddy gave it to me. I'm not gonna do anything with it. Do you want it?" Yeah, and it only lasts so long. Yeah, so I took it and threw it in the freezer, and now I've got to thaw it, skin it, and all that great stuff. And I have a, I'm waiting on. I'm supposed to be doing a, almost like a, a shoulder, shoulder, shoulder holster, mm-hmm. but instead it's going to be like that camera harness I made. Oh, that camera and, harness was cool. Thank you. And I'm going to do it the same, but put a clip in the front. And I'm taking the lady's, uh, her plastic holster. It's not plastic. I forgot what that's called. Like polyurethane? Kydex. Oh, there you Kydex. go. Or Kydex holster and attaching it to it. And she's sending the nylon one she has now so I can get all the measurements mm-hmm. and put it all together and tool it and then send it up to Washington. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Man, I'd love to do some skate, snake skin. You want a snake? I got one. I don't know if I'm right. No, I got to finish <laughs> this scabbard, man. So this scabbard that I'm doing, it's uh, 52 inches in length. And, uh, and it's going to be lined with... Um, like a padded flannel. Mm. Normally you do maybe sheepskin or something. Um, but to line something that big with sheepskin, it costs a pretty penny. So Use Casey's synthetic stuff. I know. Okay. So Well, he told me the synthetic stuff is actual sheep wool, but it's just mounted to like a fabric maybe. Sure. I don't remember. I just know synthetic's cheaper. It is cheaper, mm. but... Padded flannel is pretty sweet too. So, uh, so, but it's it's I think three and a half square feet of tooling, which I, I always like to bite off more than I can chew because uh, I never tooled before I started this scabbard. I'd also never basket stamped 
Um, <laughs> so, so the customer orders this scabbard and then decides that they wanted, like I said, like two to three. I'm gonna, I haven't measured exactly, but I'm going to guess it's three, three and a half square feet and, uh, wanted oak leaf pattern. And, uh, and I said, well, how do you feel about basket stamping? <laughs> like a combination of stamping and tooling. And he's like, yeah, that's great. You know, do, do whatever you think. And, uh, so I took a class from KC mm. on bass. I figured if I was going to basket stamp, I probably ought to learn how. So <laughs> I came up here and bought a stamp from KC, took a $15 class on basket stamping and basket stamped a whole bunch and made my pattern and everything for the, the, uh, the tooling there. I've learned a lot of lessons. Like I said, one lesson, I don't think I ever want to do really big projects again, just because the time that it takes, you just don't really get to work on anything else for a while because yeah. you're just doing the, the one project. Um, and I designed, so I just took oak leaves off the internet mm. and kind of patchworked together my own design. Now I think it looks good, but I probably made the leaves like a third of the size that they should have been. So I've created like this massive amount of work for myself <laughs> going forward the next time, like where I have 10 leaves, I could probably have like four. I mean, that's how <laughs> like, it's going to be cool. It's going to be intricate, but it's way more work than it needs to be at this point. So are you, you going to go natural and hand sew it? God, no. So that's why, I, <laughs> that's why I bought a sewing machine with my last stimulus <laughs> was so that I didn't have, specifically, so I didn't have to hand sew this scabbard because uh, it's a mare's leg. So you actually have to sew all the way down both sides of it. So one, I'll have to sew in the liner, and then I'll have to sew the edges. So, no. I was going to, and then KC found this sewing machine for sale. Is that one that you were looking yeah, at? I, I was yeah, li- I, I almost got it. So I'm actually in the process of repairing the sewing machine. Did you um, break it? I didn't break it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever had it before <laughs> me, because it's used... Um, and I, that's another thing. We're all just kind of tinkers. Uh, but whoever had it before me was uh, a big tinkerer. And he changed, like, basically every setting that can be adjusted on this machine. So I spent, like, two days <laughs> on the phone and watching YouTube videos on how to totally reset the timing of this sewing machine. Only to find out that the tension spring on the bobbin housing was trashed whoever had it wrenched it in as tight as it could possibly go and then stripped the screw oh so fortunately you can order all of those parts but i got i ordered the parts for the bobbin housing um and they showed up like two days before i had my kid so it's all just sat there in pieces, non-operational for the last month and a half. Maybe we should find a sewing machine mechanic to have on the show. Okay, so <laughs> in my endeavor to fix this sewing machine, I found a couple of industrial uh, sewing machine people here in the area. And actually, we talked about doing some phone interviews, which will yeah. kind of like let us expand our breadth kind Mm. of outside of Oklahoma, even if we want to. Um, But there is, I think they're out of Canada, Cobra. I think Cobra's out of Canada. Uh, I I just know where you can buy them. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so there is a Facebook page. Facebook has its merits, and especially when it comes to like leather groups and and stuff. But um, there's some guys on on one of my my pages that give sewing machine tips that uh, were instrumental in helping me out. Um, but there are a couple of sewing machine salesmen and repair guys mm-hmm. here in the Oklahoma City area that do industrial machines. But a leather-specific sewing machine guy might be kind of tricky to uh, to get your hands on. I bet, I bet somebody knows somebody. Everybody knows somebody yeah. at this point. But, uh, but yeah, so I've, that's what I've been doing is trying to get the – that's my goal for the upcoming couple weeks is to get that machine up because uh, as soon as I finish tooling that, that scabbard, I still have to dye it. So I'm going to try out the dip dye method because I want to get as even – and it, it's got to be deep because the, the scabbard is going to be mounted to like an ATV mm. uh, down in Texas, um, basically a, a – brush vehicle um and so i want to make sure that my dye penetrates well enough that uh that it doesn't get you know dinged up too bad i've never tried the dip dyeing yet no i haven't either and in fact i really haven't even done that much dyeing so we'll see is he wanting a a certain color yeah yeah i just seal the hell out of it no and i thought about that too (laughs) but but no um i've got a specific color and i think I think I've got, like, basically penciled out in my brain how this dip dye is going to work. Um, famous last words, but... So, in other words, I should get the Bespoke Oklahoma Facebook page going so when you go to dip dye, you can live video it. See? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so we can do tutorials. Uh, or we could start a fail page. I mean, either way, it uh, it works. It's not going to be a fail. I have too much tooling in this thing. <laughs> For it to be a fail, but I think the dip dye method will work, yeah. and uh, and it's gonna look really slick when I finish it up. But in the meantime, while I take breaks from tooling it, because like I said, I I gave myself way too much tooling work on that thing. Um, I've been learning how to do wallets. Actually, a lot of people start on wallets, but I have never done a wallet, so I'm. You just started big. I, that, yeah, and you're gonna work your way slow. Yeah, so I started with uh, <laughs> I purchased a piece of Stingray like a hundred dollar piece of stingray and made that, that saddlebag for my motorcycle. Um, so yeah, I just like to start really enormous <laughs> so that when I do get around to making a wallet, eh, it's just a wallet, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, so that's what I've been working on in the meantime. And then, like I said, I've got some suspenders that I made again, patterns are hard. Mm. So I made these suspenders like eight inches too long for the person that they were made for. So, uh, now I get to, Practice altering. When you start taking belt orders, have them put a tape measure to the belt they wear and send you a picture of it. Because not all, but some, even if you tell them, like, I need it from here to here, it gets... It's tough. Lines get crossed. Oh, it does. you you basically deliver a short belt. Yeah, and when you put a lot of work into it, or if you've got a custom irreplaceable piece of rattlesnake, mm-hmm. uh, it gets it gets interesting. But these are the joys and the growing pains of leatherworking, and we get a little bit smarter every day, hopefully. Yeah. Of course, then we also realize that there's a lot we don't know mm-hmm. as we go through it too. But um, I think I think that's a, a good you know, Dustin. I could probably pontificate for 
for hours. But uh, <laughs> I think that's a good starting place. I think that's a good introduction mm-hmm. to uh, to us, our backgrounds. Kind of hope we what we hope to accomplish with the podcast. I think we're gonna try to do a weekly podcast. Yeah. Um, it may even get more snazzy and more polished as we go along here as we figure some things out. I think we're t- going to try to have Casey, the man himself, on next week. Yeah, next week, which is... Uh, Today's the 16th. Next week. This would be next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 23rd, maybe? Maths? Sounds it's right. too late in the evening for math. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll try to have Casey on next week. And uh, and he's got a really neat, a neat uh, leatherworking story too. I tell you what, oh, yeah. he's been in the business for ever decades, yeah. decades. So he's got a great story. Maybe we can get his wife Dawn on here, and she can teach us about goats. That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. So uh, maybe by next week we will have some outro music. Yeah. Um, but as of today, <laughs> thank you for being a part of Bespoke Oklahoma. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we hope you join us again for for future podcasts. Bye, bespokies. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna figure out bespoke how to work in bespokies. <laughs> Y'all have a good evening. <laughs>